Hi, this is Garner Hathaway from the Between Two Blue Lines podcast. Caps fans, don't forget to catch your second favorite podcast, Caps This Morning, weekday mornings on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you go for your podcasts. This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. Training camp begins without Nicholas Backstrom. We'll hear from Alex Ovechkin on the faith the team has in Lars Eller and Boston in Sunday to start the exhibition season. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Friday. It is Friday, September 24th. Welcome to Caps this morning here on Caps Radio 24-7. Hockey season in our town officially underway with one day of training camp in the books at MedStar Capitals Iceplex yesterday. Multiple sessions run by the coaching staff. Media day interviews after. We'll hear from Alex Ovechkin in a little while. John Carlson, TJ Oshie, Lars Eller, Peter Laviolette too. But, man, the big news on day one was not good news. The club made it official prior to the on-ice sessions that Nicholas Backstrom out and listed as week-to-week with a hip issue that he's had problems with in the past. Obviously, this changes the makeup at center quite a bit, heading into the first of six preseason games on Sunday. Yeah, it does. And and regarding the capital center depth, I think a case could be made one through four when they're healthy. Capitals are as strong as any team in the league, one through four, that regular quartet of centers. You lose any of those four, especially a guy like Backstrom, it's a tough spot to fill. And the Capitals saw that last year. There were some revolving doors as far as that center depth. You had to even slide TJ Oshie down the middle at one point. So it's potentially a big loss, at least to start here. The company line is Backstrom is week to week. So it's certainly possible that he would miss the start of the regular season. So could be heavier lifting for Kuznetsov, Lars Eller. We'll hear from him coming up in a little bit. But it could also create an opportunity, again, maybe lower down the depth chart. A guy like Connor McMichael, we spoke a couple of days ago about a prospect like McMichael, a training camp like this. It's a big opportunity for him, whether Backstrom was in camp or not. And now without Backstrom, maybe for Connor McMichael, an opportunity to really showcase that potential, maybe to earn some more opportunity. Then you've got guys, again, lower down the depth chart, Michael Scarbosa, Brian Pino, other guys who could potentially slide in down the middle. But certainly a a big loss here with Backstrom not being available to start camp. The sense I get, John, and they're going to go the cautious route here. And why not? Start of the season. It's not as if it's the playoffs and you have to hurry him back. Go the cautious route. You want him, once he returns, to to be good to go after that, not have any setbacks. But certainly, uh, as you said the other day, the antenna goes up when you start camp without a key cog. And certainly Nick Backstrom falls into that category. We heard from lots of players at Media Day yesterday and a lot to get to this morning, so let's get right to it. Caught up with Alex Ovechkin yesterday. Obviously, he's among the most affected by Backstrom's absence, but he also believes that Lars Eller is ready to once again make that jump into the top six if he needs to. Yeah, that's why we call him Tiger, you know. <laughs> uh, something happened, he's always uh, can do his job uh, and... Everybody's be uh, excited to see him uh, play. You can see, you remember when we won the cup, right? Uh, when Kuzi got hurt, he's stepping in big time, right? He scored lots of game-winning goals. Uh, he played unbelievable, and uh, I think he's a big part of our success. And uh, obviously, we all know his uh, ability to be uh, that kind of player who can be number one or number two center. Last season was tough for so many different reasons, Alex, but 
the fact that you guys only went to seven cities and you're going to the same places and not a lot of fans, what's it like for you now to be able to have a more normal season, 82 games, going to all the cities and not playing the same seven teams over and over again? Yeah, I think it's... Uh it's great for us, you know, because uh, it's great for the league, great for different uh, for different uh, teams. Uh, because you're right, we play over and over again. You know, we obviously get boring sometimes. You know, we stay, we play uh, Islanders, and uh, next day we play Islanders. You know, we play Pittsburgh, and next day we play Islanders again. So it was kind of a boring schedule, but uh, we all understand what's happening in the whole world, and uh, it is what it is. Man, it was such a grind last season for these guys, only going to seven cities, not allowed to even go to dinner, isolated in their hotel rooms, a lot changing for not only Alex Ovechkin, but for the crew this year that will be traveling. Obviously, a lot easier when you go into every city, you're not playing, as Alex said, the Islanders three straight times. Yeah, and it's, it's going to be different just in terms of what they're able to do on the road as well. Ovechkin had a laugh as well yesterday talking about, you know, they get to have the rookie dinner again on the road you know tj Oshie spoke about even at home they get to do things like like the team halloween party with the wives and the girlfriends some of those team bonding sort of activities whether on the road or at home part of the the regular routine over the course of a season that they missed out on last year and i'm sure every team will benefit from that normalcy from that socialization whether again at home or on the road but there's certainly an acknowledgement there was uh, yesterday at media day tj Oshie, tom wilson they all echoed that thought that uh, this is a team that, you know, in years past has has prided itself sort of on team building, team bonding. They believe it translates into on-ice success as well. I could buy that, and, and they're certainly looking forward to getting that experience back this year, as well as the variety of opponents uh, during the given season as well. Speaking of the aforementioned Tiger, Lars Eller yesterday was asked about filling the void while Backstrom is on the sidelines. Yeah, I, I've talked to Lavi. Uh, I, I don't know exactly what Nick's situation is, but I, you know, if I'm going to be playing more, maybe in his spot, you know, I, I hold the seat warm for him till, until he comes back. But no, I, I love that challenge. I, I like that's why when you know as a player you want. Like, I think I said it before. Like if you ask every player, would you, you know, who wouldn't like to play more? No, who wouldn't be what to be put on into those situations? That's, you know, I'm so ready for that. I'm so pumped and excited about that being the potential. Ben, he's made that jump into the top six many times for this team. And as Alex Ovechkin said earlier, in big situations, he could very well be back in a top six spot to start the season now. They may need him to be that. We'll find out. And Lars Eller has, whether it's Kuznetsov or Backstrom, who have missed time in, in years past due to you know injuries or suspension, whatever it might have been. Uh, Eller has shown a knack in small sample sizes, three, four, five game stretches, you play him 20-plus minutes a night. He loves the increased ice time. He likes the increased responsibilities, power play, penalty kill, whatever it might be, being on the ice late in the game, protecting a one-goal lead, trying to come back from a one-goal deficit. He's one in, in Lars Eller who certainly has embraced those opportunities, as he acknowledged as well. Team is much better off when Nick Backstrom is in the lineup, but at least in small sample sizes over the course of Eller's time in Washington, he's shown his sample size has grown over the years with those opportunities to pick up the slack, do heavy lifting. He could be trusted. He's not overwhelmed by it, in other words, and, and he's shown himself quite well in those situations. A little reassuring for the Capitals if, again, they begin the season uh, without Backstrom available. No doubt Evgeny Kuznetsov will have to pick up some of that offensive slack if Backstrom can't go at the start of the season. Head coach Peter Laviolette yesterday on number 92. Evgeny and I have had about as honest a conversations as you can have since I've been here 
Um, he's in a really good spot right now. He looks extremely fit and healthy and, and ready to play. You know, I think his mind is, based on the conversations that I've had with him, his mind is in a really good spot, and you know, we'll be counting on him. Now, Ben, you were at the coach's presser. I was not. We were doing the live show for Monumental yesterday, but I have to say, I thought the same thing when we had Evgeny on our show. I thought he had that gleam in his eye. He looked great. He talked about getting his smile back. It's been a tough couple of seasons for him. If he's ready to go, the Caps are going to be a formidable opponent for any team to handle with a group of forwards that they've got together here. As has been the case for a number of years here, you can make the case the X factor on this team once again is Evgeny Kuznetsov. A case could be made as Kuznetsov goes, so go the Capitals. We've seen in the past when he's on his game, when he's playing at that elite level consistently, what this team is capable of. We've also seen in recent years when it's been a little inconsistent, it's been inconsistent for the team as well. I don't think that's a coincidence. So at least here on day one of training camp, it's easy to say all the right things on day one, but certainly we heard it from Laviolette and Kuznetsov, a, a seriousness coming into this season. And Kuznetsov acknowledged as well, John, I thought he had a mature attitude when he spoke to us yesterday, acknowledging that he doesn't want to forget last year. It was a difficult year. He doesn't want to forget about it. He wants to remember it. He wants to draw on it. He wants to use it as motivation because he doesn't want to experience it again. I thought that was well said by Kuznetsov. Again, it's easy to say that on day one. Let's see a put into action here, but at least he's saying the right things and, and you'd like to believe that he's sincere in it, but certainly a guy who acknowledges it wasn't good enough last year. It needs to be better. And he's confident. He worked very hard in the offseason, put on some, some, some weight, some muscle, and he's confident coming into this year that he will be ready to turn it around and can be trusted to do so. Moving to the defense, John Carlson will once again lead the defensive core this season. He and the rest of the team yesterday had to do the skate test, which is essentially skating until you drop so that the training staff can measure where you are physically. Carlson saying yesterday, yeah, it's not his favorite. It's, it's kind of a day ruiner uh, leading <laughs> leading up to it. I think uh, it's crazy when you when you focus on something, how little energy you have when you're thinking about it so much. But we've done it so many times. You know you can do it. It's yeah. just about uh, getting through it, getting over it, and now um, we can get back to the real stuff. It's awfully nice to see Michael Kempney getting back at it and somebody that you played with so much in 2018. It's been a tough couple of years for him. How excited are you to see him back out there and skating again? Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see him, but I think I'm, I'm excited for him, too. Like, just what he's had to go through. His injuries were not simple. We're not simple rehabs. We're not simple recoveries. And um, just seeing behind the scenes his work that he has put in over the last couple of, couple of seasons, I uh, you just you want the best for him. He's a great player. He can add a lot to our team, and then also to come in day after day and work as hard as he did to to just get back onto the ice, just to just you know start walking again. These little things that when things are going well, you take for granted how how nice it is just to be able to come in and tie your skates and, and go on the ice for practice. And we're playing games, having fun, going on road trips, doing certain things that uh, are we're accustomed to and so is he and instead he's just grinding by himself uh back here and rehab and working out and getting better and getting better and i hope everyone sees how much uh how much work he has put in ben michael kempney is a really big piece to watch here at training camp as the caps hope he is nearing a return to form after a couple of lost seasons for him 
Yeah, and it would certainly be a boost for a team that's a little thin on the left side of the blue line. Keep in mind what moved on in the offseason, uh, talking about Brendan Dillon and Zdeno Chara leaves the team uh, with some openings on that left side. And whether it's Michael Kempney, whether it's Trevor Van Riemsdyk, whether it's Martin Farivari, that'll be determined. But certainly Kempney, after missing a year, we know what he's capable of, him too, when he's at his best, when he's on his game, the ability to scoot up the ice, the ability to lead the rush, get the play going out of the capital zone. And I think those breakouts too, that's an important element for the Capitals. When you think about who's not here, Dylan and Chara, we talk about two big boys who can clear the front of the net, help the Capitals escape out of trouble in their own zone last year. Well, you don't have that, but maybe a guy like Kempney, it's a different skill set, but that ability to get the play going up ice, to get out of harm's way in your own zone, and that would certainly be an asset the Capitals would welcome. From all accounts so far, leading into the preseason, uh, he's shown himself well first day at camp and in the informal skates uh, going back a few days. It's a strange schedule and a long season for all 32 teams in the NHL. It is a bit of a late start, about a week later than normal. A condensed schedule that has a lot of back-to-backs for everybody and nearly the entire month of February off for the Olympics. Now the Capitals, they figure to be pretty well represented in China come February. And TJ Oshie is hoping to make a return trip after playing in Sochi in 2014. It would be very, very special to me, special to my family. My five-year-old Lenny just learned about two weeks ago after uh, after a, a Team USA call that I even played in the Olympics before, and she's watched some of the some of the Summer Olympics and saw some gymnastics. And when I told her I I, I played in the Olympics for Team USA, she was, "What you did?" So I know that families most likely probably aren't going to be able to come or, or see us while we're there if they if they do come but just to you know for the kids to see me one more time in the red white and blue would be uh really special to me and and just that feeling of representing your country there's nothing for for an athlete in my opinion that that uh comes much higher than that definitely sure the shootout video by the way that was that was a pretty good one actually yeah. <laughs> um something else exciting for you this year gotta be i would think next month seattle kraken are in the league you've got some washington state ties of course how excited are you to play in seattle uh it's gonna be awesome ticket prices look a little high so uh <laughs> i might have to save up here for a couple months so i can uh, get my family to the game but uh Really excited for for the Pacific Northwest and all those fans that uh, were down in Washington and American fans that had to go up to Canada and, and become a, a Canadian fan or a fan of a Canadian team. I'm glad that they have their own hockey team there. Um, I think they're going to do great. I played under Hackstall in college. He's a, a fantastic coach of, at bringing a culture to a team, especially a team that's all coming together like this. I think he's going to do a great job. So great fans there. I mean, I went to a bunch of Mariners games when I was a kid. I was there at the last game in the Kingdom when. You know, we did the wave for, I don't know, felt like an hour. Um, <laughs> great sports town, and so happy happy for them and happy to see uh, my family just 20 minutes down the road come to the games. Man, there's not a lot of doubt that TJ is going to have to shell out a lot of dinero for that Seattle game <laughs> when the Caps and the Kraken meet for the first time in November in Washington State. I also think he's got a pretty good chance of being on that Team USA roster. Yeah, eight years after uh, TJ Oshie burst onto the Olympic scene, you could say, with that shootout game against Team Russia going back to 2014, the last time NHL players happened to be at the Olympics all those years ago. And regarding Seattle, not sure if you caught this, John, this was actually pretty funny, talking about going back to Seattle. He'll have to shell out uh, a few dollars to pick up some tickets for family members, etc. He's looking forward to having that experience in Seattle. But he also said there might be some money on the board when the Capitals go to Seattle because, of course, Kraken alum 
Vitek Vanacek will be back in his old stomping grounds of some sorts in Seattle. So you had to laugh at that saying Vitek Vanacek, it could be a big revenge game. The old money on the board there from Vitek Vanacek going back to Seattle. So had to laugh at that, but uh, yeah, certainly TJ Oshie was good to hear from him. Good chat you had with him as well. And uh, yeah, he's certainly looking forward to that first career NHL game uh, in his neck of the woods, his old stomping grounds in Seattle. The first Kraken alum to come back and face Seattle. Vitek <laughs> the revenge game coming back in uh, November. That'll be a lot of fun. One quick note from the Metropolitan Division before we check out for the weekend here. And this not good news from Western Pennsylvania for the Penguins. General Manager Ron Hextall said yesterday the team will be without Evgeny Malkin and Sidney Crosby long-term to start the year. Malkin's going to be out for at least... The first two months of the season, Crosby is slated to be out a minimum of six weeks. Ben, we're going to have the Penguins preview coming up before the regular season. We did the Blue Jackets yesterday. We're going to run right down the division. There's no doubt that the Caps and Penguins have kind of regressed to the mean a little bit. It was them and then everyone else followed for so many years. That's not the case anymore. The Caps are in a fight. The Penguins are too. But I think the Penguins are in trouble. If you don't have those guys down the middle, you don't have Sidney Crosby being able to do what he does. They are real thin down the middle to start. They are inexperienced in goal. They're still trying to find their way. Caps are too a little bit, but Pittsburgh is really up against it here where Backstrom is missing for Washington. At least right now, it's just one guy for the Caps in a big piece. These are two big pieces Pittsburgh's missing. It's interesting, John, just to play devil's advocate here. I feel like we've been saying that with the Penguins for a number of years going into last year, talking about the goaltending, the inexperience in certain areas. And it just seems that, what is it now, 15 straight years that they continue to make the postseason and at least get into the dance, not necessarily making deep runs like they were years ago, but certainly a team that until that playoff run ends, still going to give them their due and, and certainly a, a force to be reckoned with. That said, certainly that's a lot of injury you know, to, to high-end talent that they're going to have to deal with here to start the year. It's interesting because when either Crosby or Malkin have been out over the years and they've each had their injury issues over the years, the team has played well. And one of them, Crosby or Malkin, usually does some extra heavy lifting. If they start the season without both of them, I'm not sure that they have a lot of history in Pittsburgh playing without either of them. I'm sure they do, but you know that's certainly a, a different animal as opposed to just missing one where they've navigated over the years. You're right. That, that's a tough one to, in Pittsburgh to, to start the year with, but, but not much sympathy for, from our listenership, I'm sure, here. I don't think anybody's <laughs> going to get too worked up over that who's listening to this show, but uh, we'll certainly keep an eye on it here as we move forward into the regular season. Coming up on the show on Monday, we'll recap the first game of the exhibition year. 5 o'clock Sunday, it's the Caps and the Bruins. You can hear it right here on Caps Radio 24-7. You'll also be able to hear it over the air in D.C. on 106.7 The Fan. That's assuming that the Nats wrap up in four hours, which right now is a little bit of a slog sometimes, but hopefully they should. We should be on normal time, 5 o'clock, coming up on Sunday. So, Ben, with that, have yourself a real spiffy weekend, will you? Happy weekend, John. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go, Caps! Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com. Or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.